She's a honky-tonk woman. Give me, give me, give me the honky-tonk blues. Welcome to Back from the Brink. I am Todd Brinker. Aaron will be joining us shortly. This is the after show for KCA Radio's morning show, On the Brink. KCA Radio plays in the Inland Empire, San Bernardino, Riverside County at uh, 10.50 a.m., 106.5 and 102.3 FM. Uh, let's see. We were talking today about Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is a rich man, and he will not be moving from Kansas City for a long time. That is not a contract they are planning to sell. They're planning to keep him around. I think they want to try to build a dynasty. Now, the question is, is having spent that much money on a quarterback, can they do that? Is it something that will last? Can you uh, put that... put? a lot of money into your quarterback and still have enough money left over to build a team around him that can win a Super Bowl. Uh, they did it early on, but he's in his, he, he was finishing his third season. He was still essentially on a rookie contract. So um, it will, it remains to be seen, remains to be seen. Um, they have, uh, you know, but they did win their first Super Bowl in 50 years. Last time they did it was Super Bowl four in nineteen seventy. So uh yeah, you know, they're they're gonna try to ride that high and, and get back as many times as they can. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Um so we shall see, we shall see. I do want to point out that the very first Super Bowl, Super Bowl one, was the Kansas City Chiefs playing my favorite team, the Green Bay Packers, and they lost they being the Kansas City Chiefs, because the Packers won Super Bowl One and Super Bowl Two, Yay, go, cheeseheads. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's it, there's just, you know, it, it's a stunning amount of money. I mean, it, it, it can possibly play out to a half a billion dollars over those 10 years. Now, you know, it it works out to about $40 million a year and, you know, $50 million with incentives, which he won't hit every year, most likely. But... Uh, you know, just a, a stunning amount of money, stunning amount of money. Um, quick, uh, uh, my heart goes out to fans and family of Charlie Daniels, uh, country rocker and fiddler, uh, multi-instrumentalist. Um, I just found out today that he had actually played guitar and bass on three different Bob Dylan albums in the uh, late 60s, early 70s. Charlie Daniels was 83 years old and passed away, uh, uh, and he will be missed. His music was was groundbreaking in a lot of ways, and he, he was very much a crossover star. He played country and bluegrass for sure, but he also played uh, rock and roll early in his life and and had some crossover hits that were sort of rocky, rocky with a fiddle, you know, um, which... If there weren't bands like Kansas, you might think, well, that's bizarre. But, you know, Dust in the Wind and stuff had fiddles. They had a fiddle player. And obviously, Charlie Daniels' band had fiddles. Um, and so, uh, but he also had mandolins, you know, much like R.E.M. So, I mean, there's lots of bands that cross over and use different instruments. And uh, and he was just a very talented man. Big man, big hat. So, uh, here's to you, Charlie Daniels. Uh, you will be missed. Um, a uh, senator was... Uh, questioned their Tammy Duckworth's profiles on the rise as one of Joe Biden's potential potential running mates. And the Illinois senator took some strong criticism from Tucker Carlson during a Fox uh, during his Fox show on Monday night. And, uh, you know, he uh, 
began with, you're not supposed to criticize Tammy Duckworth in any way because she once served in the military, Carlson began. Uh, that is un- that is understanding things. Duckworth lost both legs in Iraq when the helicopter she was co-piloting got shot down. But after his caveat, he went on to do exactly that. Erin's uh, calling in. Let's get her in here. Hi, Aaron. How you doing? I'm good, Todd. How are you? Doing all right. Do you, doing all right. So um, I was just uh, talking about Tucker Carlson calling Tammy Duckworth a deeply silly and unimpressive person. Yeah, uh, the the woman who got her legs blown off in Iraq. Yeah, deeply yeah. silly and uh, yeah, I, dude, really. Yeah, I think, um, you know, her response was golden, though. On Twitter, she goes, does that Tucker Carlson want to walk a mile in my legs and tell me whether or not I love America? You know, perfect response. Perfect response. Um, You know, it's... Stop with the ad hominems. Stop it. Yeah. Stop it. Stop it. Yeah. Stop it. If you've got an issue with her, what she's saying... Then, then argue with her. Right. Uh, argue with her politics. Don't don't put her down. Right. Don't attack the person. I mean, clearly, this is somebody who who. I mean, you know, you can't. How do you question the patriotism of somebody who who's given up limbs for your country? Um, that's just that's ridiculous. It's just absolutely ridiculous, and it, it it certainly lowers or should be lowering Tucker Carlson's esteem in everybody's eyes at this point because that was just tasteless and tacky. Um, in in his critique, you know, to say she. But that said, because she's a handicapped individual, doesn't mean that she's free to not have any criticism of her. You know, if he thinks that she's a deeply silly and unimpressive person, fine. Then give examples of that. Um, but you know, I mean, essentially, he began with, "You're not supposed to te- criticize Tammy Duckworth in any way because she once served in the military." Well, no. Uh, it's more than just serving in the military. She sacrificed for this country, and 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 we sh- and he should have followed that with, and we thank her for her service. You know, and which which sounds very trite, but it's it has real meaning. Um, yeah, you know. Again, I don't think you should be criticizing her. Criticize her position. Criticize her policies. Criticize yeah. what she's advocating for, and explain why that's wrong. I don't, you know, we've gotten so that we can't have an argument without an ad hominem or lots of them. And some arguments, including coming from our president, are just one ad hominem after another where I'm attacking the person and not the the argument or the Mm -hmm. position. And that's not okay. That's not that's not having a political discussion. That's not discourse. That's name calling. Right. Yeah. I mean, Representative Doug Collins earlier this year uh, accused Democrats of being in love with terrorists. And she said she had a similar reply where she goes, I left parts of my body in Iraq fighting terrorists. I don't need to justify my justify myself to anyone. Yeah, you know? exactly. Exactly. It's 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 ex- mm-hmm. it's extremely frustrating and it's beneath us as a nation. Stop it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and the thing is, is that, you know, and I don't know the specifics of the uh, of Representative Collins when when he was making that comment. You know, he accused Democrats. He didn't accuse her specifically. And so, um, you know, he was trying to he, he was doing the political hyperbola thing, which they all do. But when they've got somebody like that as a mouthpiece coming back, that's that shows the stupidity of her, the, that kind of hyperbola. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah. So it's um, it's like I said, frankly, it's beneath us. 
it, yep. you know, it, it, we're not going to move forward if uh, if all we're doing is is hurling names at each other. Yeah. Yeah, so, it's um, frustrating. It is frustrating. It's frustrating. It when, is frustrating. When you're tuning so, into supposed news shows and they're attacking people instead of talking about what they believe and why those those ideas are not right for our country. I mean, when, right. you're talking, when you're talking about politicians, that's what I want to hear is what do they believe? What are their ideas and why are those ideas good for us or bad for us? Right. I don't I don't care about the person, you know, right. I mean, some I like more than others just because they seem to have great personalities versus people who are just, you know, aggressive and irritating. But that falls on both sides of the aisle, frankly. I mean, there are people who are aggressive and irritating on both sides of the aisle. There are people who seem to be genuinely nice people on both sides of the aisle. Um. And, and and all of that's irrelevant, you know. It's it's yeah. about their ideas and what they, where they want the country to go and how they, how they're going to take us there. Right. Um, yeah. So uh, it appears that the United States is taking a look at possibly banning Chinese social media apps, including TikTok. Including TikTok, yeah. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, if they could vote, there'd be a bunch of sixteen-year-olds who would be livid. <laughs> It's true, but I, I understand. I mean, I, I'm, I don't trust any, I say I don't trust any app, but I don't know which ones are Chinese or which ones mm-hmm. aren't. But if I find out that an app is Chinese, i got to think that they're spying. Yeah. Well, you know, they're one of the companies, they're not the only one, but they're one of the companies that were caught copying people's clipboards regularly. So, you know, you're going, well, why is this video app making a copy of my clipboard all the time? That's so creepy. And yeah. And I, I don't remember their specific response, but there were several companies who said, oh, that's an oversight. We, you know, that's a mistake. We'll fix it. Well, you don't mistakenly Mis- copy clip do- clipboards. No, mistake There's, my you know, eye. That's the kind of garbage that you usually hear from somebody like Facebook or a company like Facebook because they've done things like that just repeatedly. Oh, we didn't mean to turn on our speakers and our camera all the time. Oh, we didn't, we didn't mean to relaunch yeah. our application in the background when you didn't know so that we could track your location. We didn't mean to do that. No. Yeah. Sorry. You know, Oops, and, and then we'll find a different bad. different way to do it. You know, and they've done it several times. Um, yes. Facebook has, which is part of my angst about that company. Um, but, yeah, this idea of copying stuff off your clipboard. The one explanation that I heard was they were trying to stop people from copying and pasting the same thing over like 50 and 60 times that that was happening a lot. And and so they they were tracking what was in the clipboard, and if they saw the same thing in the clipboard repeatedly within a period of time, that they would block it. So that they were trying to manage behavior on their app. And uh, do, do you believe that? Well, whether I believe it or not, there's another way to do it. You control your app 100%. So instead of copying and watching what's in the clipboard all the time, even when your app is running in the background, how about you look at what's been pasted into the uh, into your app? You don't yes. have to look at the clipboard, just what's been pasted into your app. You can look at the, the text field on your app, how, how often, what is put in there and when they hit enter. You know, if they, hit the, if they put the same text in there and hit enter, you know, four times in a row or more or whatever the number is, then, then you never are looking at their clipboard repeatedly in the background. You're just looking at what was entered into your app. So, yes. so I, didn't, I don't buy their story completely. I think that as a programmer, I can see how a programmer would go, oh, this is easy. I just have this this call that tells me what's in the clipboard. So we'll just go, you know, take a look at what's in the clipboard every five seconds all day long. Um, and that solves a problem for them. So I can see a, a programmer doing that. And so 
so that lends a little bit of credence to a company then coming back and going, oh, that's not what we intended. Um, here's what we were trying to do, and there's other ways to do it. But, boy, boy, is that a horrible mistake. Yeah, I, I don't think anything happens. I don't think it happened on mistake, on, yeah. on accident. I think, it, yeah. I think it was intentional and they got caught. Probably. That would be my guess, is that this is a convenient backstory. They said, well, if we get caught, we can just say, you know. Yeah, exactly. We'll blame it on this poor guy who was doing what he was told to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll fire some programmer and say, yeah, yeah, we took care of the problem. <laughs> Bob is gone. Bob is no longer with us. <laughs> Bob has gone to a re-education camp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Oh God! Well, I I I think that they're just trying to play hardball with the Chinese. I don't know what our president's doing. I don't. I'm sorry. I yeah. don't. I, he's he's unpredictable. So I don't I don't know what he's doing. Yeah. Well, and it's 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 funny because it's really really easy to get caught in that in that logic game of oh well I think this is what's happening here, you know. But we don't really have anything to base that on. We're just trying to think of like why on earth would they be doing this. Why on earth right. would they be doing that? And so we're then trying to make up reasonable explanations for that. And sometimes I don't think there are reasonable explanations for it. Yeah, uh, sometimes you know. our president is unreasonable. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? I think that there sometimes there's an advantage to that. When you're negotiating with, a con- with, with somebody, with another country and stuff, if they always know kind of what to expect from you, then you really aren't, you don't really have much negotiating leverage. If they never know what's going to expect, there is some advantage to that. But doesn't you know? Like I said, my my complaint with the president is how he presents himself. His personality seems to me to be at issue. Um, I mean, if you if you step back and look at like, well, how is the economy done? The economy just seems to be trucking along, even with COVID. There seems to I mean, it, the stock market is going bonkers. It's it's incredible. I don't understand it. I don't understand how we're having riots in the streets and 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 COVID shutting parts of the country down. And the stock market just keeps going up. I don't get it. I don't either. You know, but I'm not president. <laughs> Nor would I ever want to be. Oh yeah. God, who would? Why would you want that job? Yeah, I mean Dow Jones is a, down just a smidge right now, but uh, but you know Apple and Microsoft and are up. The Nasdaq is up. Disney and Amazon are down just a hair. It's just, I, but it's. I mean, that's just looking at a snapshot right now. But if you look at it over the, for, you know, the the over a stretch of time, like from the beginning of this year, when all bizarreness just began, the stock market's just, you know, I mean, it 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 went down a little bit, it tanked, but then it climbed right back up. It's. I don't understand it. Yeah, I mean, it 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 tanked and then it climbed, yeah. and then it then it then it dipped and then it climbed. It's been a bit of a roller coaster. Yeah, but yeah, a I agree a, with you. But right now, everything's just at, at historic highs. You know, I mean, it's just like I, yeah, I, I don't quite get it. Um, I guess if you're, if you've got a, a high tolerance for uncertainty, um, and, and you're investing in the stock market, you could be making a lot of money. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's been I don't bizarre. Know. So, yeah. have you had any of your favorite restaurants close through the COVID thing, like close forever? Um, I haven't yet but that said i don't like keep a daily watch on them either so like you know i'm sure that at some point i'm going to try to go somewhere and they're they're not going to be there anymore you know 
Um, yeah. There's some small family-owned restaurants in Corona here that that I am concerned about. I don't go often, but there's a there's a, a, a Thai place and a and a place that that uh, has some pretty good pho, and I, I wonder about them and hope that they're hanging in there. As I if I drive by, I look and they they seem to be open still. But uh, well, how about you? I, well, yeah, I, I I've actually had the same thought. You know, I, I worry about places that serve like pho or ramen where it doesn't travel well it you know um you know the, the soup is is served piping hot we have a phenomenal ramen restaurant in grand terrace phenomenal um phenomenal 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 <laughs> yes phenomenal that's a good name maybe you should that, be a that would be a great name for ramen. a store wouldn't it be phenomenal phenomenal yes it totally would be but this place is and I forgot the name of it, but it's on Barton Road in Not Grand Paris. It is delicious. It's so good. But and it, but it's, you know, people are packed in tightly together. And, yeah. um, uh, you know, you sit in shoulder to shoulder at a bar while they're, while they're yeah. you know, presenting the food to you. And um, it is, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, sh- I, and soup doesn't travel well, right? I mean, you got to mm-hmm. keep it hot. And so I don't know. I don't, I, you know, I hope that it sticks around. You say that, but then like the pho place that we go to, I, I don't know that I've ever stayed there, Nina. I always get it and take it home, uh, at least the one here. Um, it's not that far from my house, but I don't like my soup piping hot. I don't like it. I, I have to let it sit until it cools off before I can e- even eat it. I ha- I'm very temperature sensitive. and so. But, um, but the uh, pho, that you, it actually cooks the meat while it's there. So, I mean, you like it, it actually cooks the meat. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, my God. What the heck is happening in front of me? Um, I don't know. I have I'm this not there. Person? No, 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 no. It, <laughs> it looks like there's some kind of accident or something Uh-oh. happening. So, very, very odd. Um, so, yeah, craziness. Oh, it's uh, they've closed the road. That's what's happening. They uh, closed the road. So, I'm going to go a different way. Lucky you. <laughs> go exploring, because that's always fun. So. Bless you. Oh, you you still caught that? I tried to uh, tried to catch it with my switch. Yes. Sorry. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Wasn't quick enough on the switch. Yeah. Oh my goodness! They're tearing up Redlands Boulevard. This is in uh, San Bernardino, just immediately uh, south of the Ten Freeway, and uh, they're actually repaving it. I shouldn't say tearing up; they're repaving it. And. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so it's looking a little uh, a little torn yeah. up, a little Back crazy. Back to the freeway. Back to the freeway, Ben Stone. Back to the freeway. <laughs> it's a line from Doc Hollywood. Oh. Michael J. Fox movie where yeah, he's oh uh, uh, just finished his residency in an ER in a big city, and he's on his way to L.A. to work at a plastic surgeon with a plastic surgeon, and uh, he takes a shortcut and swerves off the road to avoid a cow and takes out a, a fence that turns out to be the judge of this little podunk town and he gets his his sentences to fill in for their doctor who's out and uh, <laughs> very cute movie Doc Hollywood back to the interstate Ben Stone back to the interstate so I just had somebody nearly squish me because he decided he wanted to be in the turn lane which is that's exciting that's really exciting Oh my God! <laughs> it's been a morning. It's been a freaking morning. What the mm. heck, man? 
By the way, if you've never seen Doc Hollywood, Woody Harrelson plays a part in it. Great. David Ogden Stiers, awesome, is the mayor of Grady, the town that he's in. Uh, Bridget Fonda is in it. Uh, it's, it's it's a great movie. It really is. A lot of great, great actors. Mel Winkler plays the mechanic who uh, he was a um, uh, he just recently passed away. He was a uh, uh, actor, but also a, uh, a blues magician. Magician. He's a blues magician. Magician. Yeah, um, uh, musician. Um, and and uh, just passed away on June eleventh. So. Oh. Yep. So I don't he, even know. I don't think I've ever heard that name before. Mel yeah. Winkler. Yeah. Well, he, I just I just happened to catch the fact that he had passed away. He played a lot of, um, you know, um, parts. I don't want to say bit parts, but small parts in movies over a long period of time. And in this movie, he happened to be the uh, the guy, the mechanic, who fixed his car, and. Uh, there's a scene where where they're getting ready to do the city the, the parade, and if you've never been to a small town parade, then you're missing out. Uh, and he he had uh, was dressed up as a bee, and he says, "Yeah, we're getting ready to do a pollination wrap." And so he did a little like dance there with it. George Hamilton was also in this briefly, so there's just lots of people, lots of great people in this. So love um, Michael J. Fox. Yeah, yeah, he was every guy, wasn't he? Yeah, he I really say is. was. He still is. I mean, he's he still, still around. is. He's but still he's really around. not acting anymore because of his um, Parkinson's. Right. He takes limited roles. You know, he's done some stuff. Um, I mean, he was big on Spin City. Um, obviously, he, he he made his name when he was a kid in Family Ties. But um, he uh, has taken some parts on like uh, The Good Wife. He had a reoccurring role there for a while, um, and as well as Boston Legal and Scrubs. And so he's done. You know. Small bits in 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 uh, TV shows, but he's not going to lead a show where he has to work every day. He comes well, and in... Boston Legal and Scrubs were on the show on the air ten years ago. Right. Yeah. Well, The Good Wife wasn't quite that old, but uh, but it's I guess it was it went off in 2016. So yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. That was an interesting show uh, that he was in, Spin City. Did you ever watch Spin City? I love Spin City. Yeah, it was one of the uh, few shows that I thought, you know, when when he left, Charlie Sheen came in and, you know, yeah, that there's a loaded <laughs> loaded statement, <laughs> no matter how you say it. And Charlie yeah. Sheen was there, um, but he actually came in with a completely different kind of style as a person. And yet I thought the show was still good. It kept going. But Barry Bostwick as the mayor of, of New York City was awesome. Um, yes. And and. Um, uh, Alan Ruck was he, he is is I think one of the most underrated people. He was Ferris Bueller's buddy in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, the one who whose dad they stole their dad his dad's uh, Ferrari and he went for He was Cameron Fry? So yeah, that was Alan Ruck and uh and he played uh Stuart on and he was on the staff and uh totally different type of character than than uh he, I'd seen him play before and just did it so well. He just, I really think, like I said, I think he's one of the um, underrated actors, American actors out there. So, um, apparently he plays the role of the oldest son, Connor Roy, in HBO series Succession. So he's still um, still out there 
And that, that's got to be completely different sensibility as well. I don't know. I, I'm not a. I've not watched Succession. Have you ever watched that HBO series? No. What's it about? Um, I think it's sort of like there's this multi-billionaire guy, and he's got three kids, and it's sort of the infighting of the family as to who's going to be the one that takes over. And Dad is basically kind of setting things up, like, "Well, I'm just never going to die, and then nobody will take over," kind of attitude. And um, Sarah Snook plays the daughter. I don't know if you're familiar with her. She's very talented. Um, Kieran Calkin plays one of the sons. Uh, I don't know Jeremy Strong, but oh, I guess I've seen the face before. Um, so, but there's yeah, he's got a couple sons and a daughter, and uh, yeah, it's interesting. And Kieran Calkin is very impressive in this too. It's basically what they call a satirical comedy drama. Yeah, and I've just seen some little outtakes of it. I've never actually sat down to watch it. But uh, the the dad is played by Brian Cox. Oh. Yeah. Well, I have a HBO. I guess I just have never paid attention to it. Yeah, I guess he has three sons. Or, or yes, there's four kids. Connor, Kendall. Uh, how do you spell or say Roman is the other one, the, the sons? S I O B H A N. That's a uh, Siobhan. Is that okay? That's a and that's a, that's a woman. Siobhan yeah, is a woman. Yeah, right. That's the daughter. That's that's Sarah Snook's character. Okay, and Shiv is her. I guess their <laughs> Shiv. That's funny. Um, Shiv being a a puncturing device put together by uh, people in prison, right? Yes. But that's her nickname. Siobhan. So, yeah, Siobhan. Yeah. Um, uh, I actually really like that name. I like Irish names, and that is an Irish name. Right. Yeah, so. it's not Siobhan. No, it's not. It's Siobhan. <laughs> and I love looking ignorant, right? Sure. Yeah, there's two se- two seasons of Succession, and it's been... Um, uh, well regarded. Some, I mean, maybe when I'm done with Dark, I will have to switch over. But oh my gosh, Dark is good. You know, I didn't want to admit it over the airwaves because we have lots of people listening there. For those who are listening here uh, or listen to the podcast afterwards, I totally went into it yesterday. Like I said, each episode's about an hour. There's eight episodes in the first season. I have gone through, I am on episode six of the second season in a day. I basically camped in front of my television set and didn't move. My my backside hurt. Wow. I got up and took a walk okay. a couple times just because it's like, I, I got to move. Well, I got to tell Tobin because he's, you know, you're stuck in the house. What are you going to do? So I'm sure he yeah. wa- he needs something binge worthy. He finished watching a couple of movies yesterday and, you yeah. know, now it's time to watch something else. Yeah. Well, hey, I just, there's, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, if, you, if he's watched the first two seasons, you know, uh, season three's out, and it is the final season, so they're supposed to wrap things up in that final season. Apparently, there is a new tell-all book um, that is, well, people are calling it explosive. And by people, I mean the publisher, because they want you to buy <laughs> Sounds it. Sounds like a bowel but... issue. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's an explosive book. Do not yes. eat. <laughs> Do not eat. So, um this is Mary Trump's book. Uh, isn't oh, the only, right. well, Mary Trump's book. No, sorry, sorry. I mistake. I was mistaken. Mary, this is breaking news, folks. Mary Trump's book is not the only tell all about the Trump family. 
a former aide and confidant of Melania Trump, is set to release a book, uh, and it's said to be explosive, according to the Daily Beast. It tra- it heavily trashes the first lady. That's so I, tacky. I don't like that. It's one thing if a Trump wants to write something about Trumps and air de- family laundry. That's their business. It's you know it's the, your own family, but somebody who's an employee coming back later and saying, well, I because of my work that I was paid for and trusted to do, um, I had inside information about how things worked, and now I'm going to go talk about it after the fact, I think is just incredibly tacky. Um, it, it, and my guess is that when they were hired, they probably had to sign some sort of a nondisclosure saying, hey, I'm not going to talk about this. And so they're clearly going back on that because a lot of times they're not necessarily enforceable. I just think this right. is awful, 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 awful. I would never buy that. So. Book. Yeah, it's called, I agree with you, it's called Melania and Me, and um, uh, Wolkoff, a New York socialite and former Vogue special events director, carried on a 15-year friendship with Melania. She helped organize President Trump's 2017 inauguration before becoming a senior advisor to the First Lady, but their relationship soured, uh, reportedly soured, after reports that Wolkoff's firm had received $26 million from Trump's inaugural committee and that Wolkoff had pocketed $1.62 million. So apparently she left the East Wing in 2018. And mm. and, and uh, it sounds like immediately went out to write a book. Yeah. Well, part um, of, part did, of the problem is, think... is that they started out as friends and then they hired her. You know? It's like, so she still thinks, oh, I'm just talking about my life and my friends. But they're saying you're an employee and now you're, yeah. I, I It's just pretty muddy waters. Well, and she says that she wasn't fired. Um, but she also didn't receive the $26 million or the $1.6 million, and she's claiming she was th- thrown under the bus. So this is this is sour grapes. I, I think that anybody yeah. could write a nasty book about anybody. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I just think this is, I just think it's despicable, to be honest with you. She did sign a non-disclosure agreement. Uh, even so, the book is said to chronicle her role as the First Lady's trusted advisor. And uh, her very abrupt and public departure. Shame on her. Yeah, I think that's just it's tacky. Just, it's just tacky. It's bad. <clears throat> you know, uh, we've been talking a lot about COVID, and every once in a while I like to look at the COVID map, and I just zoom in on areas where there is no COVID. I want to give a shout-out to Angle Township in Minnesota. <laughs> Have Does you anybody ever... live there? Yeah, 110, 119 people in the 2010 census. <laughs> Um, the have you ever looked at the map of the United States and it's moving along and there's that nice straight line between us and Canada and then you get to Minnesota and there's this little shark fin that kind of sticks up in Minnesota before yes. it kind of gets jaggy going through the Great Lakes and stuff and it's the northernmost yes. point of the contiguous 48 states and it is uh, called North Northwest Angle and it uh, it is um, 119 people at the 2010 census. It's 49.22 degrees north latitude, the northernmost township in Minnesota and the contiguous United States. And uh, they, they also include uh, the unincorporated communities of Oak Island, Angle Inlet, and Panassa. And to get to that part, it's the, from there in the United States, you either have to drive through Canada to get back down into the rest of Minnesota or take a boat across the lake like 40 miles across the lake. Actually, I've heard about that area. Isn't that wild? 
Yeah, yeah. And so I just looked at that and said, hey, I want to go visit Angle Township someday. They have an airport. Probably could fly in your Piper Cub. <laughs> I can't imagine it's a big airport, uh, you know, serving 110 people. But, yeah, it basically encompasses the Lake of the Woods. So, I bet it's beautiful. Yeah. I bet big, it's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Might not want to winter there. Might be a little on the chilly side, but, uh, yeah. No COVID cases in Angle Township. Way to go, Angle. <laughs> the benefits of living out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. You and 120 of your friends. <laughs> Hey, so here's a happy article. Dogs may have a surprising benefit for young kids. Well, that's obvious. Preschoolers, <laughs> everybody, well, right? Everybody who owns a dog goes, duh. <laughs> you know? So tell us why. Yeah, right. I want to see the science. Preschoolers tend to develop better social skills if they have a pooch. Oh, well, that's because so, they talk um, to their puppy and of- hug their puppy and... And have to care for their puppy and be nurturing to their puppy. So Reagan will have better social skills. That's great. (laughs) Reagan's a little bit past the preschool stage. Little little bit. That she is. (laughs) (laughs) But if she has a child, then that child will be better off because they have Ah. a puppy. So um, uh, a new study out of Australia suggests that young kids develop better in social and emotional skills if they have a dog. The study, which drew on data from comprehensive survey from a comprehensive survey of Australian families, looked at children ages two to five, and they found that kids whose family had a dog were 23% less likely to have trouble with social interactions and emotions than kids from a dogless family. Uh, they were at also least Australians, Canadians might not react that way. Well, or Americans, they were also 30% less likely to show antisocial behavior. 40% uh, less likely to have trouble interacting with their peers and 30, 34% more likely to show considerate behavior such as sharing. That's awesome. There's good reason to go get yourself a puppy, you know? Yeah. Anybody who exactly. has, anybody who has a puppy would go like, yeah, absolutely. They're wonderful. They, they are, they are a, wonderful. They are a, um, a commitment to a long-term relationship, though, because having a puppy means you will have that puppy in your life for a decade or two. Yes, depending on the breed. Yeah, that's right. absolutely right. And Same so, with the kitty cat. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. So when you get a pet, just remember that, that this is a commitment. But it's honestly, I think anybody who has, you know, unless you just unless there's something wrong with you <laughs> that uh and and wrong by my judgment i'm not putting this on anybody else you know it doesn't take very long you get a dog or you get a cat and and you just fall in love with that little fuzzy beast so quickly it's just it's it's like it's not a chore it's like okay um yeah you have to be an adult and be responsible and, and feed and clean and take care of the animal but holy moly they're just so wonderful they really do enrich they are life. wonderful they are wonderful. They give love. You know, my, my, you know, people say that cats are aloof. No, they're not. No, they're not. Yeah, I mean, I stray say, cats are aloof. Yeah, yeah. Animals that don't know you can be aloof. But, yeah, you're right. If you've got a cat as a pet, they want to be around you. They, they like they you. They do. You know. Now, they do have a mind of their own. Sometimes they will be, they want to sit in the room and look at you from across the room. But, you know, dogs do the same thing. I mean, they don't always want to be right up on you, which is probably not a bad thing. <laughs> 
you know, although in these yeah, days of COVID, they, they want to be right up on you when you're trying to have that Zoom meeting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, my cats always want to be up on me. It's funny because yeah. I was on a, I had back-to-back Zoom meetings last night and um, my, my kitty Blinky, she hopped on me and not only did she hop on me, which she always does, she um, uh, got right up in my face and was purring and cuddling and I could see the people on the Zoom laughing and I'm like, I'm sorry. Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is... She wants attention right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, welcome to uh, pets in the world today, right? In 2020. They all exactly. become uh, TV stars as you try to do your work. Yeah. No, it's funny because <laughs> my, my, uh, our, our dogs are very much that way with my wife. They want to be with her pretty much all the time. Um, with the exception of, uh, well, the, the littlest one, Gus, wants to be right up on her. Um uh, Grant wants to be in the room. He wants to know where she's at, and he's in the room. He doesn't have to be right up with her. Lincoln's usually on the floor, although he's been getting up on the couch more regularly uh, to sit next to her. But Lincoln's the one who, if I come in, he'll follow me around. And uh, and uh, I started, just to get him uh, to come out here in the shack, to out back with me, I, uh, I bought some treats and put them out here. And so uh, when I leave to come out in the shack, very often he comes trotting to the door and look at me like, do I get to come with you right now? And I was like, okay, Aww. you know, and I'll open the door and he'll come out and, and he'll, he'll lay down out here and he'll fall asleep and he'll be fine. And every once in a while he'll check and go, can I get a treat? I'm trying to teach him a few tricks. And so, um, so he knows he's going to get a, a treat and, but he doesn't, I'm, I'm trying to not always give him a treat. So it's not always a thing. And, uh, so yeah, he's kind of, he's my boy, but, uh, um, so everywhere you go, you hear, absolutely everywhere you go. Yeah, yeah, we've got hard floors and and dogs with nails, and so they they skitter around, and we hope that they don't scratch up the floor too much. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, So what dog food do you feed your dogs? Um, I used to use a a really good food that we get at our pet groomers called Call of the Wild. I still like that a lot, but I went to another uh, grain-free food that is... um, Call of the Wild doesn't make one for fat dogs, and Lincoln was obese. And so um, uh, we have switched to a grain-free dog diet food, um, and I can't remember. The, I don't recall the name of it. And then Grant is toothless. He's old and toothless. And so and because they get uh, the, the one that we use is a dry food, as was the Call of the Wild that we used. Um, and so um, Grant gets... Um, like this little meatloaf thing that we get. It's like in a sausage roll and you just slice off ah. however much you want and break it up. He gets that. And then my wife, she puts way too much effort into this. She takes a little Caesars and, and breaks it into three chunks just so they have something that's got like some gravy on it. And she puts a little bit on each of theirs. So they all split a little Aww. bit of the little Caesars, which is not particularly good for them, but they all like that extra little, you know, juiciness and so she she stirs that into the dry food before she feeds them so they get primarily dry food with with a little bit of a little caesar in it and then um uh grant gets the the whatever that loaf is you can buy it at the grocery store it's his loaf thick but there it's in a little like refrigerator on its own so, i know what you're talking about yeah. i've seen it yeah i've seen it yeah we also so that dog- same brand we get um, like little chicken weenies that they love as treats and it's basically just chicken oh. meat so anyway right. your dogs what do you guys feed them Oh no! We so the dogs get blue buffalo, and they've mm-hmm. they've done well with blue buffalo. And then um, our cats get a. Um, we tried blue buffalo, and they just couldn't keep it down for them. Mm-hmm. And so 
we move them over to it's a uh, it's called solid gold, which I think it's the lamest name for a cat food ever. Yeah. But it's called solid gold, and the cat sounds like an well. '80s dance TV show. It does. I'm thinking Adrian Zemed. But no, it's um, it is it is they they make one for indoor cats, and um and and they they their their coats are really shiny and they're not they still vomit because they're cats and they're old but yeah um they're not it's not all over the place all the time yeah so, well that's the thing that people you know cat owners learn to deal with you know cats do. They clean themselves a lot, and so they're licking, and they've got, like, little combs on their teeth, so they swallow a lot of hair, and then they hack that up as a hairball, and it sounds disgusting and awful, but it's just part of cat ownership, uh, yep. you know, and it's it, it's not really vomit so much, but sometimes there's bits of food and stuff with it because it's in their stomach. Um, right. But, you know, they don't digest that, and so they got to get it out somehow. So, you know, the one downside about kitty cats <laughs> yeah i just you know i love i love i love cats i do yeah. i love that they um are just they have they have fun personalities i love dogs too though mm-hmm. so you know i love i love animals i love yeah. all animals i just think they're wonderful except i'm not really fond of snakes yeah i'm not I, a huge reptile person but uh but there are those you know there's reptile people out there so more power to them there are yeah more power not, to them not exactly. my thing but uh yeah, I um, you know, it's funny. We we I had cats growing up, and I've had cats, you know, as an adult. But we haven't had cats in in a few years now. Um, when our we had we used to have some large dogs, you know, a couple uh, retrievers, a golden retriever, and a black lab, and uh, you know, so they're they're good sized puppies. Um, and when we just when when after they were gone, um, you know, we had a time of we were had just a couple cats for a little while, and then we got small dogs we got the little miniature wiener dogs and then as our cats got older and passed we just didn't replace them the small dogs sort of fit they cuddle you know they're small and they'll lay up next to you or in your lap sort of like a cat would that the golden retriever might have wanted to but you really didn't want um and so you know we just haven't gone out and gotten a cat again i'm not opposed to it but uh it does add another layer of work because you've got to have a second type of food. And if it's an indoor cat, you've got to deal with a litter box. And so there's just some additional work involved in yeah. having, you know, that extra, that, that other pet that's of a different kind. So instead of getting a different kind, we just got more wiener dogs. <laughs> yeah. You have three dogs. Yeah. So that's, that's, yeah. A, that's enough. We're definitely at our limit of pets right now, but, uh, but I love all three. Like so it looks like we are about out of time for today. We are. So we'll wrap it up. Uh, thank you for joining us. I'm Todd Brinker. I'm Aaron Brinker. Have a great day. Have a great day.